It's episode 76 of the Improv London podcast. I'm your host, Stuart Moses, and this week's guest is Kate Knight. Hello. Hello. Hi. How are you? I'm very, very well, thank you. Should, yes. should we describe for the listeners where we are recording this? We are currently sat on stage in Birmingham's best improv theatre, sort of, called the Blue Orange Theatre, uh, which is an independent theatre in Birmingham. Yes. Which is where we are. Hooray. England. Hooray for Birmingham. <laughs> Hooray for Birmingham and the Midlands. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm very excited to be here. I've come up for the... Uh, Bristol. 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 <laughs> wow. I don't know where Londoners get their uh, reputation from. I really don't. Yeah. Birmingham, Bristol. Well, same thing. Not London. Bristol. Yeah, not London I'm Improv also, Festival. I'm also in there. I'm in that not London. Uh, and uh, yes, I've been, well, Bristol also has a very uh, fine... Tr- you, <laughs> Bristol actually does have a proper improv theatre, whereas this, I should say, is not an exclusive improv theatre. It's just where a lot of improv happens. Wow, because I mean, I've only been here since yesterday, so to me, this seems like it. <laughs> and all I've seen here is improv, so I presumed it was improv That's all the time. That's true. There has been a bit of a takeover. John Trevor has uh, has commandeered this space for a, a whole seven days. So we have got wall-to-wall improv going on in this room. Brilliant. But, you know, sometimes theatre happens too. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes... At the same time. Yes. Ooh, yes. <laughs> of course. Wasn't making any aspersions about improv there. Slaps wrist. <laughs> uh, so, what's it like being an improviser in the Midlands? Wow, it's changing all the time for the better. Definitely. So I've been on the scene now for five years in Birmingham. I started improv when I moved to Birmingham uh, from London where I was living. So I'm actually, I should point out, like I am a Midlander by birth. Yeah. I was born in Dudley, right, yeah. uh, which isn't famous for many things, but gave the world Lenny Henry and an earthquake in like 1990 something. Um, uh, so yeah. I, oh yeah, the earthquake. No, I've also, I also, no, I also remember Lenny Henry, I should point that out, but I don't feel that's obvious. Yeah. But you know, I remember that earthquake because I had uh, friends at university and they were, um, they were affected by that, not, not in a terrible way or anything. <laughs> I was gonna say, it wasn't particularly earth shattering. It was like it, like, it made my pictures wobble. It made like my posters fall down, you know, cause I was about 14 at the time and I had like, posters on my wall there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> yes, I'm from Dudley, but uh, I, I lived, for most of my 20s, I lived in the south of England. I lived in Oxford and then London. And then I moved back to Birmingham. I say back to Birmingham, back to the Midlands, to Birmingham. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that was 2012. And so I kind of stumbled upon improv very much by accident. Complete fluke, to be honest with yeah. you. I went on a date. Oh, right. And um, it was to see these Edinburgh previews. So oh, a load right. of, we do have a lot, a very strong stand-up scene in Birmingham. And so there's quite a lot of stand-up comedians, you know, practicing their material to take up to Edinburgh. So I went on a date for that and um, and just tacked on to the bill right at the end of this ah. um, experimental Edinburgh night was this improv group called Box of Frogs. Ah, and yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I remember seeing them and thinking, oh, that was really different to the stand-up. And, you know, that I, I really remember it because I didn't, massively enjoy it like I just remember thinking that looks like they're really enjoying that <laughs> I've been in those shows yeah. and I thought you know I didn't dislike it I just thought yeah it's alright but they just look like they're having a lot of fun so I thought I'll check that out I'd like to have that much fun <laughs> Um, so when I kind of got into it through that in 2012, the scene was small yeah, and yeah, yeah. Um, it was it was basically one guy, John Trevor, who I'm sure you're going to hear a lot from. Yes, he's coming up. Um, yeah, and, and he kind of started this scene with a book, you know, a copy of Keith Johnston's Impro and an empty room. Yeah, and yeah. the scene has just exploded from there. Yeah. Um, I'd say just exploded. It's taken years of hard work and careful, you know, marketing. But um, yeah, compared to what it was, I mean, now we've got so many groups who've kind of come up through Box of Frogs and then not outgrown it, but just sort of decided to go in a particular direction and right. then kind of branched off, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know? So um, so personally for me, I've been a member of Box of Frogs for five years. Through Box of Frogs, I've founded the Knee Jerks. Through the Knee Jerks, I've founded uh, 2Prov um, Experimental 
um, group, me and Susie Evans. Um, you know, we've got uh, Jumprov came through Box of Frogs as well. Uh, Fat Penguins, sort of, or Ben Ben Hall came through Box of Frogs before, you know, going off in his direction. So, like, the Box of Frogs is kind of like the nursery, really, you know? <laughs> um, uh, and, yeah, and lots of great things kind of grow up through that. But it has just exploded, really, the improv scene. And I think that's typical. I think now, in 2017, you go to any big city yeah. in, in the UK and there will be an improv scene. I mean, Bristol, for example. Know. Yeah, Bristol, yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, we're in Bristol, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought we were. I thought I was going to the West Country. Yeah. No, Birmingham's possibly one of the few cities with a more... Uh, mocked accent, I would say. I'm not saying mockable, no. but mocked. Actually, that's interesting <laughs> because um, you are right, and I have relations from Wolverhampton, uh, so I have a great affinity for this part of the world. Yeah. When I can remember what it's <laughs> called. Um, and it is interesting that, yes, the Brummy I love the Brummy accent. I was, I was just listening to it last night, and I just thought, oh, do you know what? I really feel an affinity for this part of the world. But you are right, people do tend to mock it. They or, do, yes. Or they'll adopt it as a shorthand when they're improvising. Absolutely, and I think I think that's true of Yorkshire as well. I've really yeah. noticed it, really, really noticed it in improv that I don't know if it's because most of the improv I see is by Southerners, I don't know. Right, yeah. I, yeah that yeah. would be weird because I, you know, I live in Birmingham. But <laughs> um, yeah, I've noticed that the Yorkshire accent just becomes shorthand for like, ooh, I'm a bit, you know, ooh. Yeah. Um, and, and it's actually to such an extent that in the knee jokes we have an in-joke about like every Northern character that we do, we make sure they have a PhD. <laughs> 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 but it is, it's totally, you know, addressing this, this weird stereotype. People, it's really interesting to see what kind of... Um, sort of panic defences people resort to yeah. on stage. Improv really brings those things out. And uh, yes. and it does seem like Northern accents become this place of safety for people who think, oh, I want to do a stupid character, yeah. you know, and, and Brummie as well, to a lesser extent, I think. Generally in society, I think Brummies get quite a, a raw deal in yeah. terms of the accent. But I, for some reason on improv stages, what I've seen is it's Northern Yorkshire that get the brunt of it. Hey, I wonder why that is. Is it the full Yorkshireman sketch? Is oh, that, right, yeah. Is that... Are people drawing on that to, for the Yorkshireman thing? I don't know. I don't know. I think... I think improv suffers from being a little bit homogenous hmm. sometimes. I think that, you know, that's why in Birmingham we're so proud of Jumprov because they are, you know, directly addressing this problem that we have in improv yeah. um, of, you know, not just not enough of diversity. Um, and I think some of the stereotypes that you see coming up on stage do come out of that kind of lack of... Yeah. Um, awareness or lack of experience you know people and it's it's not really the improviser's fault it's just what what comes out of yeah. it's your, your conditioning comes out a lot yeah. of the time yeah. doesn't it you know I've said things on stage that I've been horrified by hey, when yeah. I've come off stage like where the hell did that yeah, come yeah, from yeah, yeah, but yeah. it does it kind of dredges up a lot of your conditioning um, I notice it from a female point of view as well I notice a lot of women getting treated as secretaries and you know mothers yeah. and you know all this kind of crap that floats around in, in society improv is definitely not a bubble that is yeah. uh, protected from that yeah. far from it improv is something that just kind of just brings it out I think and then hopefully with more experience you get the more you can control that and the more that you can you know like the knee jerks just give every Yorkshire person a PhD <laughs> well, yeah I mean it's, it's not I don't even think it's so much a control but it's just like can we make better choices can we make more interesting yeah. choices can we make more exciting yeah. choices can we make funnier choices exactly and the not relying on the lazy stereotypes mm -hmm is more interesting and I think is more rewarding to perform and the audience yeah, to Yeah, it see. is. And it, a lot of, you know, it's really, it's really useful, I think, to come to improv with your own kind of area of expertise almost or your own kind of uh, identity. You know, like me personally as a feminist, as a vegan, as someone who's asexual, like all of these things, as someone who's queer, like all of this kind of informs my improv. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, 
although I am middle class and white and able-bodied and cisgender and you know <laughs> but but uh, it can't be everything yeah like, you know, yeah exactly I can't yeah. I can't win diversity bingo <laughs> As much as I try. <laughs> <laughs> because it's all about the winning. If yeah, there's one exactly. thing I've learned about improv, it is about the winning. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, it, yeah, it's, it's interesting when you can bring your interests or your passions yeah. into it. So and... I think the most uh, rewarding and interesting improv for me is when people are being authentic. Yeah. So um, what's great to see, and going back to the Midlands improv, question you know what's great to see happening in the midlands now is loads of different styles yes. there's lots and lots of different formats different uh you know sort of focuses different goals that every improv group has i think and um, for me what really interests me is authentic improv so i'm less and less and less interested in uh you know being clever and funny on stage yeah. and i mean just increasingly more interested in being honest yes. and exploring um, emotions kind of yes. authentically. I'm very much in favour of being honest and uh, demonstrating emotions because I can be both of those things, whereas yeah. being clever and funny, yeah. I don't know, I've tried. But. Well, I started out, I think when I, you know, when I actually went along to my first improv class after, the, after seeing this, uh, this short form show, I, I was delighted because I was like, oh, good, here's a place I can be clever with my words and I'll get attention. Like, I lo- for about the first year, I was just like, oh, oh, what's that? You want to play questions? Oh, well, let me show you how well I can make a question with my words. Uh, you know, and it did. It took a long time for me to actually start getting the bigger picture. And like, oh, yeah. actually, you know, being honest, like improv coming from your heart yes. is much better than improv coming from your head. Yes, and, um, and can be much funnier as well. Because yeah. there's nothing less funny than someone trying to be funny. Yeah, and exactly. And I've so. seen I've seen a lot of scenes, and I've been in a lot of scenes, and I've caused this many times, um, where, you know, a whole scene that could be really powerful and really interesting has just been chucked away because yes. of a pun. Yes. Or, yes. you know, a really low-hanging dick joke or you know what I mean like they're the um, worst kind of dick jokes I know the low low hanging ones (laughs) (laughs) oh dear Um, yes, I can't remember Sorry, what we're talking about. What? I'm thinking about low-hanging dicks now. I know, I just, I just proved the point there. Yes. We were having a perfectly good conversation. <laughs> and then I decided to just emphasise that. And yes, then and, then, the reality and then the, the authenticity just dissipated like a fart <laughs> in a concert hall. <laughs> uh, so you, uh, you, so you founded the Knee Jerks? Yes, well, I, I co-founded co-found. the Knee Jerks, okay. yeah. So the Knee Jerks came out of uh, Box of Frogs, in, oh, I'm trying to think what year, it would probably be about 2015, 2016, around that time. So a group of us, eight of us at the start, um, we'd been coming to Box of Frogs for a long time. We were really committed, we were really enjoying it, but we'd just gotten to that stage now where we needed more than short form. Right, you know, yes, we needed yes. more performance opportunities and we wanted to explore what would happen when you run a scene for longer than, you know, four yes. minutes and yeah, without yeah. those kind of wacky constraints. Yes. Um, which, you know, I've fallen in love with short form again yes. since, but, but and, you, you go through those phases, don't you? And the nice thing is you don't have to choose. No, exactly. Uh, it's it know, is a smorgasbord I mean, and you can is, just fill your boots. It yeah. is all the same thing in the end. Yeah. You know, you take a step back and you're outside the scene and it's like, oh, that's all the same thing. It doesn't yeah. matter. It's only when you're in, it's like when you're in any sort of subculture, it's like, oh, well, we do this bit yeah, yeah. and then they do it that bit. But so we hate them because they do it in a slightly different way, even though ultimately they're still doing the same yes, thing. Yes, exactly. It's like like high school tribes, isn't yes, it? Exactly. I'm not a grunger, I'm a grebo. <laughs> well, we both use eyeliner badly, so let's all just get along. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, so we, we just realised that we wanted to explore hmm. things in a bit more detail at, at length. And we just got together and we said, hey, we're all on, in the same boat here. We just want more, more improv. In fact, we have a Facebook group, like a private... Facebook group, which is still called More Long Form Please wow. because we can't change it. <laughs> um, but that's, you know, it's a nice reminder every time we, we log in and like, we talk about Knee Jerks Admin, it just comes up More Long Form Please. Uh, it's a handy reminder. Um, but yeah, and that, that just sort of came out of dedication and, and love, really. You yeah. know, we all got on, we're all friends and we all we were all willing to put in the time because yeah. uh, we rehearse once a week. We yeah. rehearse at 
Uh, my well I say my house it's the house I live in with Danielle who's another knee jerker she owns the house and um, she has us over every every week and we we rehearse you know in in the dark in the rain when we're ill like a lot of us are or were teachers yeah. and you know as crazy as it gets in term just every Wednesday we're there we're practicing you know we, we really put the hours in and we've had coaching and you know we've we've taken it really seriously yeah and um, and it's really lucky that while we were doing that in Birmingham as well as the growing improv scene you also have uh, people like Lee Dempsey setting up experimental comedy nights where you can come and test out you know any any kind of uh, nascent ideas that you've got um, all with an improv focus and and then through that we got a a monthly gig at the Vic so that's a a pub in town very trendy pub I recommend it especially on the third Wednesday of every month (laughs) Uh, so yeah so we have a a, a regular gig there upstairs above a pub in town Um, and that's been really useful as well and really helpful for us to to have that regular performing experience Um, so yeah it's basically eight friends um, who wanted more improv and and it's going strong we don't have um, Will and Jay anymore unfortunately Um, Will uh, left the well, he left the Midlands to go and pursue uh, a career as a oh god, is it naturist or naturalist? It's the one that does things on a reserve with birds. <laughs> he has got clothes on <laughs> most of the time. The naturists, yeah. the naturalists. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think they are genuinely different things. Yeah. So think, but yes, don't hate um, love, but still. So he he isn't with us anymore, unfortunately. Um, and Jay Handley uh, now is a pretty well-known stand-up comedian and he he lives in London now I think most of the time that London you know that place London Leicester somewhere beginning with L (laughs) (laughs) so yeah so there's six of us now in the knee jerks and it's it's going from strength to strength you know I mean I think what you're saying about uh committing to it is key and it's one of those things I always say in that it's to do with the level of having the same level of commitment mm-hmm. with the rest of the team, mm-hmm. more than the same level of ability or anything else. Yeah. It's just everybody committing to yeah, it. Yeah, commitment, you know, on on stage is one of the most important things yeah. and certainly off stage as well. Yeah, I mean, I think the thing that is quite special about the Knee Jerks is that our style is... It's unlike any other Birmingham improv group I've seen or any London one that I've seen as well. Um, <laughs> because we, I don't know, we we don't necessarily aim for comedy. Right. Not in the same way that, you know, we don't come on with premises and we don't, we don't sort of aim for like um, we, we're not trying. <laughs> You're um, not trying. If it's funny, good. Yes. Yeah, but you know, if it's sad, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? yeah, yeah and yeah. and like I know maybe I sound a bit parochial, being like, we don't just do laughs, we do other feelings too in Birmingham. I know I'm aware that that you know most improv groups would say that, but I do feel that knee jerks has um there are certain elements like danielle for example with her uh, theater director background she she really pushes the kind of emotional vulnerability and um and then we have susie who's quite a clown and i don't know we just got a really lovely combination yeah and yeah. um and you know ne- you, you, oh god you never know what's gonna happen <laughs> Whoa, not like all those other improv groups <laughs> <laughs> well, I would be disappointed if you came on stage and I didn't know what was going well, on. That quite, would feel quite. not in the spirit of uh, the endeavour. But the, I like the combination of personalities in yeah. the knee jerks. Um, no, it's really lovely when you get a group um, and they all seem part of the same gang, mm. but then they're all individuals within that gang. Yeah, totally. And yeah. That's, that's when I saw you play last night. That's kind of what I felt. Yeah. The group. It's like, yeah. you know, they're obviously, you know, they're a team, they get on. Um, but they're all different and they all do different yeah, things. Yeah, I would like to think we're all strong flavours yes. that somehow don't clash. Yes, that come together <laughs> in a delicious casserole of improv. Exactly. We are we are a hearty improv casserole. <laughs> <laughs> That's going on the Edinburgh, Edinburgh yeah. poster. A hearty improv casserole. Three stars. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah harsh but fair. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, so uh, when you rehearse every Wednesday um, what format does the rehearsals do the rehearsals take is there a particular structure Um, yeah there's a lot of sitting around drinking tea and pontificating because actually I think that's a really valid way of rehearsing yeah 
And actually, I think that's a very valid way of uh, warming up. Yeah. Just sit and have a cup of tea and a chat. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I think that's I mean, really helpful. It, it's really important, isn't it, to to like the people that you're on stage with, right? <laughs> yes. Improvise with your friends, not yes. your enemies. <laughs> um, so, yeah, just it's all part of it, really. It's all part of just kind of, oh, how was your day? You know, oh, well, you know, I was pissed off because of this or like I'm really happy this finally happened um, and we, we bring that on with, to the show yeah, yeah, you yeah. know and, and that's um, how we try and get the audience on board really is to bring them into we used to do uh, check in on stage so we would just check in with each other about each other's days which we would definitely not have practiced at all we <laughs> have no idea how each other's days have gone and then we just reveal it to each other on stage all right, um, and then we would you know offer that to the audience and then if the audience wanted to add their check-ins as well yeah we take their check-ins and then all of that would form the show but um That's kind that of risks evolved. being a bit self-indulgent though yeah. if the audience you know some audiences are very happy to give you their check-ins but some audiences not so much and um so if all you're left with is your own day yeah at which you then turn into an improv scene <laughs> it can yeah it can be a little bit self-indulgent but um i really like what we did last night actually that format where it's yeah. um what are you struggling with yes. and what are you proud of yes. in your life at the moment so yes my only problem was that all I seem to do at the moment is improv so yes my greatest struggle and my greatest uh, <laughs> success were both improv related yeah I'm everybody... proud I'm doing so much improv <laughs> my problem is it's ruined the rest of my life <laughs> just, I've got nothing to do when people ask me for what they want to do when they're doing an improv show because all I've... <laughs> no, that but... is totally part of the the improv wave though isn't it like I think there's definitely there are points on my improv journey where I'm just, I just, it's all I do. Yeah, yeah, it's like yeah. it takes over my life. Yes. Um, I'm either teaching it, performing it, or talking about it, and um, and you know the rest of my personality just sort of fades away, and and um, and it's terrible for your improv. <laughs> <laughs> is it? You know, it yeah. I'm going to challenge you on I that. I think it is because people say that, and I'm going to challenge that. Just because secretly I hope it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, do you not have, you know, a world of experience before you started improvising? Yeah, but I've got short memory. <laughs> so, if case. all I've been doing for the last five years <laughs> is improv uh, and eating and uh, quitting my job. Um, <laughs> um, and no, I just think it... it, it for, for speaking personally, it kind of makes me feel like a bit of an improv bore if right. all I've been doing is improv, you know. It's, ah. uh, I don't know. I'm I'm really interested in writing as well. Yeah. So um, improv has really helped me in the writing process ah. in terms of, oh, I think I'll just write a load of crap and then I'll yes and that and see what happens here and then I might just, you know. And, and it's helped me to run with an idea. Ah. But... Um, so it's, it's been really a catalyst in sort of getting me going. But yeah. then actually, I don't know, for my writing, I feel like I need to draw on... I feel like I'm drawing on really distant experiences because most of my recent experiences are all improv, <laughs> which isn't that useful for the kind of stuff that I'm writing anyway. So That's really yeah. interesting. I mean, other than that, I'll just have to make something up, but like, <laughs> let's not go mad, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, it's really interesting. Um, I used to do more writing, and I haven't done for a long time, and I haven't done since I've started doing improv. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm really interested in that mm. process. Mm -hmm. Do you ever um, kind of, you know, like devise theatre sort of workshop things when you're trying to write stuff? Um, what happens when I'm trying to write stuff is just me battling myself in front of a blank screen, oh, right, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's my process. Um, staring at a blank screen, drinking peppermint tea, uh, going, oh, what? Ah, for about three hours, <laughs> right, writing yeah, yeah. 500 words, deleting yeah. them, uh, <laughs> writing a really good sentence, oh. and then calling that a successful day. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. um, but no, I tend... When I'm writing, it's such a personal thing right. that I don't want to kind of bring it out necessarily. Yeah, yeah. I bring it out when I feel like it's in a decent enough state to be seen. Right. Okay. Um, which is weird because when I'm improvising, obviously improv is such a collaborative uh, art form, isn't it? And, yes. you know, there's no hiding any of your first drafts there. <laughs> no, um, no. But, I, yeah, I do. I find the two very, very kind of complementary but quite opposite in a yeah. lot of respects. 
Um, although I have to say, and this might not be the right thing to say on an improv podcast, the rewards of writing I find even even better than the best improv yeah, right. buzz. Um, it's just that writing is a lot more, you know, concentrated, long-term effort. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not that improv isn't an effort, obviously it is. But, um, yeah, I find... I think I really like writing because... When, when it's done and it's on the stage, I can be in the audience uh, and I can watch people's reaction. Yes. So when I'm improvising, I know um, there are some people in the knee jerks who are brilliant at this. They are so in tune with the audience and yes. they can hear like every last cadence that yeah. comes from the audience and they can, you know, calibrate their what they're doing to, to follow the audience. And it is a, that is a skill that I just am in awe of because yeah. what I do when I'm on stage is I shut the audience out. Yeah. I just block them out. Um, when I was a teacher, I used to do it too. Oh, right. Kids, what kids? <laughs> yeah, I'm teaching myself how to spell. Um, um, but no, I just it's I guess it's like just like a coping mechanism or something. I don't yeah. know. I just tune them out and I just get on with what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, so I guess for me, that might explain why I find writing even more rewarding than improv is because I get to witness the audience reaction when yes. I'm in the audience watching work that I've written being performed. Um, and as an improviser, yeah, it's one thing that I, if I could have like a magic improv wand and give me one yeah. super skill that I, you know, that I don't have anything, any kind of modicum of already, then it would be audience awareness. Ah, that's definitely. really interesting. I wonder how you get one gets better at that. Yeah, I don't know. Stand-ups are really good at it, obviously, yeah. because that is what they do. They come in and they control an audience and yeah. they respond. Um, there was a great talk by Deborah Francis White, you yeah, know, her yeah, TED yeah. talk. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Um, a quote from that really stuck with me. And she was saying how she can tell how experienced a stand-up is because a, an inexperienced stand-up will come off saying, um, oh, I hope that I hope I was all right. Like, um, you know, they didn't seem to like my material or whatever. But a more experienced stand-up will be like, oh, yeah, I think they're all right. They were a bit slow to begin with, but yeah. they, they warmed up and then they did, you know. And the experienced stand-up is way more aware of the audience and makes it about the audience rather than about themselves. Mm. And I was really interested in that idea because I wondered if that was true for improv also. Um, and if it is true for improv, then I'm buggered. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's interesting because uh, I'm in a uh, two-prov group called Doctor Two-prov, and we do uh, adventures in the world of Doctor mm -hmm. Who. And it's it's basically scenes from a hat. Right, yeah. Dressed up. But that's essentially <laughs> what it is. And when I'm doing that format, I'm very aware of the audience yeah and I'm almost doing that clown thing of where you're you know clocking the audience where you're you're going are you are you having a good time are you enjoying this mm. I'm not quite that blatant but in my head I'm sort of doing that mm -hmm. and if they are enjoying it we'll do a bit more mm -hmm. until they stop enjoying it um, yeah. whereas when I'm doing long form yeah I'm less aware of the audience yeah I don't know. Why do you think that is? Because I'm more involved in the situation. I'm, I'm more emotionally involved and in using more of my imagination yeah. to make that seem real for me. Right, yeah. Yeah. Because that's another thing, because... I mean, the audience, most of what they give you, I guess, the most obvious thing they give you is laughter, isn't it? They yeah. do. There are more subtle yeah, things yeah, yeah. that they're giving out. And I, one of my favourite things is when an audience goes like, Ooh, <laughs> oh, yeah, you know, those yeah. noises oh, are amazing. I love those. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but the most common feedback an audience will give you is laughter, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. So um, if you're not, you know, um, there's a great quote from Susan Messing because I was on, in Chicago recently doing um, a course at The Annoyance and oh, we yeah, had yeah. Susan Messing for a day, which yeah. was brilliant. And yes. um, she said, just because an audience isn't laughing doesn't mean they're not fascinated, yes. like a car crash or Christian TV. <laughs> comparison. Um, but yeah, I thought that's a, it's a really good point. Absolutely. Like I, I am that audience member. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am a comedian's worst nightmare because I will come into a show and I will sit there stony faced, <laughs> probably with my arms crossed, just watching yeah, yeah, yeah. for the whole thing. And then I'll come out and go, yeah, well done. That was brilliant. Yeah. Uh, useless, useless yeah, yeah, to a performer. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's true. You know, it's, it, we do kind of, I feel like we do 
rely almost on the left to guide us sometimes. Yes. Or we can. Yes. And um, and it's quite a crude way of measuring yeah. the room. Yeah. Um, but because you have to focus so much on what's going on on stage, and you know you have a duty, I think, to your scene partners and to yourself. Yes. Most of all, um, to be you know having a good time on stage yeah. it's so hard to focus on that and that and the audience yes um you know there's so many plates we have to spin in improv aren't there that's the thing yeah and i suppose i'm so involved in embodying that character and mm-hmm. playing that for real it would be hard for me to step out of that and really be aware of the audience mm-hmm. yeah so that's why I prefer writing, basically. Oh, right, fair enough. Because, you know, I just get to... I don't have to do anything. My hard work is done. And I'm just coming in, uh, enjoying the rewards, basically. Whereas with improv, it's like I'm working and enjoying the rewards yeah, at the same time. time. Um, yeah, which is having your cake and eating it at the same time. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Is that not baking the cake and eating it at the same time? Writing is baking and, the cake and, and then, then enjoying cake. the cake. Whereas improv, improv is, is like licking the, the bowl oh, see, like, as you're going delicious. along. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't get me wrong, they're both pleasurable activities. <laughs> but maybe, ultimately, the finished cake is more satisfying. Yes, because in improv, you know, if you're lucky, you'll see a video of the cake. Yes. But a video of a cake isn't as good as... Do you, a cake. Do you I'm just thinking about cake, cake now. Yeah, and I'm thinking about <laughs> cake as well. I'm wishing I had done a podcast about <laughs> cake where I just have people that like cake on. We just eat cake. Ah, oh, vegan cake for me though. That is, is that I the, tell you, it's hard uh, being vegan to get cake. It's, you know, being <laughs> vegan is amazing. I recommend it to everybody. But just, I just wish there was more vegan cake in the world. Well, I, 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 in 2017, yes, mark my words, more, ten years time, more, there'll be vegan cake. More everyone. vegan cake. Uh, <laughs> that sounds delicious. <laughs> it uh, is actually. When you find it, it is good. <laughs> uh, do you ever um, video knee jerk? Yes, we have started filming oh, yeah. ourselves now. Um, so I compose music as well, and I um, realised quite early on that recording myself composing was. So so useful, incredibly useful. Um, you know, I just thought, why wasn't I doing this before? But it took me ages to realise that that would also be true for my other art forms, <laughs> improv. So what I've realised since we started recording is, you know, I've got all these terrible habits that I had no idea I did. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I, like, apparently... I mean, I'm not saying, yes, yes you yes, in particular. I saw yes, and I wish to, that's why I'm doing the podcast. <laughs> yes. So I wish to pull you I've off on this. I've made a list. It's a list. <laughs> I'm checking it twice. <laughs> um. Yeah, no, I, you know, I didn't realise that... Um, that when I stand, I like bend backwards quite a lot. Really? Like, yeah, it's really weird. And I slap my thigh like some sort of widow twanky. And, you know, all these kind of things that um, are clearly nervous habits, yeah. you know, on stage. Um, but just seeing them there in the cold, harsh, undeniable reality of film, it's like, wow, okay, I really need to just plant my feet yeah. and, you know, just sort of stop shuffling and like not bending backwards yeah. like some sort of inverse banana you know <laughs> um, but yeah definitely filming yourself is one of the things that has been most helpful yeah. definitely for me in terms of progression progressing my improv um, I've also found it helpful because I do some teaching and um, just you know yeah being aware of those habits and also in quite a nice way I thought oh I'm all right at this. Yeah. Actually, this is okay. Yeah. Because in my head, there's all these other things and they, you know, the, uh, but if you just watch a video, yeah. I'm pretty much like a serene swan. Yeah. They don't see the paddling <laughs> underneath. It's true. It's very true. And also, you find that the scene that you thought was happening is, looks so different <laughs> yes. from an audience point of view. Yes. You know, there yeah, were yeah, yeah. moments where I thought... Oh, I left a really long pregnant pause oh, there, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it was actually about half a second. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. Or it was like, oh, I said something in a really witty voice there, and it's like <laughs> it just mumbled into my sleeve. You know, um, but you know, and positive things as well. Yeah, like yeah. it just, you just don't know what the scene was like until you watch it back. And that that time dilation thing, I'm really aware of. Yeah, yeah. I've had exactly that. I thought I was stood there for like half an hour, and no one said anything. And it was like yeah. thirty seconds. Either. And also, silence on stage is great. Yeah, exactly. There should yeah, be more yeah, of yeah. it anyway yeah, 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 um yeah. you know we are we are scared of it i think generally yes. but yes the it 
it really is useful. I mean, I know a lot of people read books, um, really big fan of reading like loads of improv handbooks. I find them next to useless because they're, I just don't retain anything from, from reading. Yeah. Whereas from watching stuff I've done on stage, like that is seared onto my yeah. retina now. I'm like, oh my God, I look like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, it, it Genuine, genuinely is uh, one of the biggest things that's that's helped. That and workshops, I think. Are... Uh, we'll talk workshops in a second. I was just going to say, with the videoing thing, <laughs> what's, another thing that's really helpful is that you get to see what's happening behind you. Yeah! And there have been some times when I've thought, you know, I was really funny in that scene. Everything <laughs> I said got a huge laugh, and it wasn't me at all. It was <laughs> someone behind me upstaging <laughs> me again. Yep. Hello. Yes, been there, done that, <laughs> been upstaged. <laughs> um, so, yeah, workshops, they're very important. They and, are. And fun. And fun, yes. <laughs> I can't remember who it was. I feel like it might be one of the May Days that said that you do all the hard work in the rehearsals and the workshops and then the stage time is like the play. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, um, I had a really, a really, I would, I'm going to talk about two workshops, if that's all right, that have really stood out to me, that I've had kind of epiphanies in. Um, one of them was with Heather and Joe from the May Days. Oh, yes. I've yes. done their musical workshop oh, three times now, yes. um, as well as at Otto Leader. Yes. Um, and we were singing, like, she, she, uh, she puts you in like a group, yeah. I think there were like eight of us or something, and we're in like a nice little tableau, and we all have to sing just, you know, two lines, like a two couplets um, about what we want, yes. you know, and you can be a character, you, you're wanting something, or you can, you know, just speak from your heart and be honest and sing about something that you want, you know. And I remember it so clearly, there were, you know, we were sitting there and everyone was singing all these things and I don't remember anything anyone else sang. <laughs> um, and it got to my turn to sing and I had it in my head. I was like, I think we'd been given... I think we've been given like a suggestion of football or something right, like that yeah, to like just in case anyone needed a, yeah. a prompt yeah, yeah. and I remember I had in my head these two different possibilities for what I was going to say and I thought I could be I could be clever about this I could be a footballer who wants his own goal like that was a shit joke it's just <laughs> rubbish but like in my head I was like that's a pun I could say that and be very clever uh, and then on the other hand I was just like oh well at the time I didn't really have a, anywhere that I was living that I felt like I belonged you know and, and I was I don't know maybe a bit broody or something and, and this other line that came into my head was a family of my own and a place to call home yeah. and um, right up until the last minute I was going to go with this shitty footballer non-joke and for some reason at the end I think it's testimony to what amazing workshops Heather leads and she creates yes. such an atmosphere yeah, where yeah, people yeah. do just you know um, they do feel like they can just say things yes. you know and um, and so I went with that that one the honest the emotional yeah, yeah, honest yeah, one yeah, yeah. and I sang it and I said uh, I sang a, a family of my own a place to call home and I was supposed to sing two more couplets but I couldn't think of anything else to yeah. say and actually as I was saying it I started to cry wow. and other people were crying <laughs> and it was just this really amazing moment and it was such a lesson for me because yeah. what that directly showed to me was like crappy cerebral throwaway joke yes. or emotional truth yes. and I, just the reaction from the emotional truth just made me realize that that is so much more effective yeah. and that lesson has just shaped my improv ever since to wow. be honest yeah um yeah it was a, it was just such a crystal clear yeah. lesson i was like i'm so glad i didn't sing the shitty line about a footballer wanting an own goal yeah. <laughs> you know um uh, so that was one workshop. And then another one was this time last year, last year's Birmingham Improv Festival. Uh, we did a workshop with Victoria Bank. Oh, right, yes. And her workshop was Daredevil. I should, sorry, I should just say hello to Victoria. Uh, we hi, Victoria. Well, hi, Victoria. <laughs> we haven't met, but she always likes every tweet I do about the podcast. Oh, so. my gosh. Well, I hope she's listening to this. And I because hope she Victoria, can come on your workshop was very, very inspirational for me. And I hope you can come on the podcast at some point. That'd there we go. <laughs> You're invited. <laughs> Yeah, so her workshop was about Daredevil and it was about following your impulses and just having fun and just br being brave yeah, on stage. Yeah, yeah. And there was this one exercise that we did with her and it was a solo exercise. Everyone was doing it at the same time. Right. And we were just all around this very room wow. on this very stage. <laughs> Which means um, a lot to me. <laughs> Less than the listeners. Less so but... to you guys. <laughs> yeah. right? We were in this very bath that you're in. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I don't have baths, I have showers. But anyway. Oh, I think um, the, the town near Bristol. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Southern, southern bias. <laughs> See, this is what I'm talking about. This right here. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, so, yeah, we were on stage and we were all doing solo work. And the, the exercise was just just do a mime, just see what happens. And whatever that, that happens to be, maybe you've got like a pair of binoculars, yeah. play with that for a couple of seconds and then morph it into something else. Oh, those binoculars have become two glass marbles and now I'm rolling them on the floor. Oh, and now I'm, I'm a crab with pincers. And yeah. you know, you just let your body morph. Yes, yes. And you just go with it. And we did that for quite a while. I mean, it was about, in my head, I think like 20 minutes, half an hour, you know. Um, it was a su substantial amount of time. And I just found it so liberating um, because that in that particular workshop, I was ready at that point in my improv journey to hear that message yeah. about just go with what you've what you've come up with and yes. be interested in it and let it morph and and just have fun you don't need anyone else yeah. i think that's kind of what i found in the annoyance as well which i i was in um the annoyance in august and they really hammer that message about like you know susan messing's whole thing is you know you if you're not having fun you're the asshole right? yes so like just having fun and not relying on other people yeah um and that in, in and of itself was just a really important lesson to learn not to rely on other people yes. because especially when you start improv it's all make your partner look good yeah, yeah, yeah. listen you know yes and uh, you know all of that which implies a relationship and implies uh, a dependence I think yes um, and I think that's still a useful way to start it is and it's a useful thing but I think at that point, it. so by that, like this time last year, I'd been doing improv for, you know, four years, I guess. And I I think, like I say, at that point in my improv yeah. journey, journey, my improv journey. <laughs> I like it every time you say uh, it. <laughs> it's so nauseating. <laughs> I don't know what else to call it. It comes so but, far. I know, I've reached so high. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I was ready to hear, okay, yes, other people are important. Of course they are. This is a collaborative art form. Yeah. But ultimately you have the power to do anything you want to do on stage and you should follow your impulses. You should trust yourself and yes. you should entertain yourself, yes. you know. And implicit in that is that you're making strong decisions yeah. and what greater gift can you give yourself? Exactly, yeah, 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 exactly. So I think those two particular workshop moments have really stood out for me um, as kind of key lessons. But I think they were, I think it's important that I experience them when I did, yes, you know, if, yes. if my first improv workshop had been, you know, Victoria Bang or, or Heather and Joe's music, that particular one, I don't think I would have come away being like, oh, I'm keeping that in my heart forever, <laughs> you know, because you have to, you have to get to a certain stage, I think, where you've kind of dabbled a bit. Before it, you can, yes, I totally make agree. Really, the most out of those. I just, workshops. Think, just thought if Heather and Joe's, uh, one of Heather and Joe's workshops was the first one you did, you're thinking I'm going to be crying a lot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. I have this many tears in me. Uh, yes, it's true. I haven't cried that much in improv, but when I have, I think it has been with yeah, Heather and Joe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. for me, in a good way. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, when I was at the Modo's retreat this year, uh, we did songs that matter, mm. and um, uh, Heather had a list of lists. And mm -hmm. Basically, we just sang. We 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 gave her a number, and she would give us three options mm -hmm. of lists that we could sing. And mm -hmm. the one that I chose was "Things That I Miss." Oh, and yeah, right. yeah. And we were talking a little bit about this earlier before we started uh, recording, weren't <laughs> we? About musical improv and um, and how delightful it is because it's a shortcut to those kind of really really vulnerable emotions that people don't feel safe exposing without the kind of safety net of song yeah. i think yeah um, and you know i i love musical improv I, yeah. I, I, it's a real treat um but i i just as much i love scenes in fact i maybe love them even slightly more where people show that emotional vulnerability yeah. without the excuse or the safety net of yeah. oh it's it's a tune you know it's a yes. song it's gonna have a big flashy chorus yeah, yeah. Um, but anything that gets people exposing exposing themselves more <laughs> is, is good I think low hanging fruit yeah <laughs> I've done it again oh great I don't need to stop thinking about cake now I'm thinking about uh, low hanging never mind um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so with uh, 
So you you are also you mentioned you're in a two prong. Yes. Group. Tell me about that. So because knee jerks is an offshoot of Box of Frogs, and now uh, to get even more niche, I have an offshoot of an offshoot um, called Squid Heart. Squid Heart. Squid Heart. And that is me and Susie Evans, um, and we are very good friends. We have known each other for years and years. Um, and we just decided that we wanted to do multi-character work. Ah. We both love Dummy. Yeah, yeah, We're yeah, both yeah. TJ and Dave fans, yes, you yes, know. Yes. And we just thought, you know, in the in the same way that Knee Jerks was born out of a hunger for more long form, this was just like, okay, we've got more long form, but now we want an even more niche form of it. <laughs> um, and I think there's something really lovely about two prov. Yeah, it is improv is relational, isn't yes. it? And yes. just when you find someone that you connect with really, really well, and someone that you could trust to do anything on yes. stage with, yes. that is such such a rare and beautiful thing. Yeah. that you know, you just don't ever want to let it go, and you just want to do as much of it as you possibly can. Yeah, no, I very much feel the same way with Bryn in Doctor Two Prof. Mm -hmm. I know that whatever I do, mm -hmm. however ridiculous it gets, and mm -hmm. it gets quite ridiculous, I know he'll have my back. Yeah, and that you know we can, and um, but also we can do the silly, the ridiculous, the comic, but also we can do the emotionally real and mm -hmm. true, and that wherever we go. Mm -hmm. I'll follow him and he'll follow me. Yeah. That's a lovely thing. I mean, we're not mind readers. Like, um, last night we were doing a scene with Knee Jerks. It was me and Susie. And, and Susie had this premise in mind and I was just not getting it <laughs> at all. I was like, what? Huh? What, what do you mean a dog? Oh, oh, the dog. Yeah, yeah. she had a... She was, yeah, yeah, yeah. she was trying to get me to say that the dog was... Um, Oh, this is so uninteresting for your listeners, but it was, it's fine. Yeah. We're on episode seventy-six. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess by now it's the uh, the hardcore, hardcore remaining, right? Um, <laughs> yes. So uh, when you were hearing about people's achievements or um, no, what was it? Someone wanted to look after pups, uh, grown-up pups. Yeah. So we asked the audience what they uh, what they were struggling with or oh, what yes, they were proud right. of, yes, yes, and yes. out of that, someone in the audience said that they wanted to um, restore old pubs yes um i don't know whether that was struggling or achievement i'm not sure which one that was um but yeah someone in the audience said that that's what they want to do they want to start restoring old pubs and i misheard on stage and i thought they said old pups yes. i was like why would you restore old pups like where do what how does that even work yeah where's the dividing yeah. line between an old pups and a dog yeah this, oh this is my elderly puppy he's two years old uh, <laughs> um so yeah, so Susie was uh, trying to bring that back in a scene and she had this, <sighs> this dog that was like suffering, you know, this young dog and oh, its, it's joints are very weak. And I just wasn't getting it. I was like, what? Uh, as it got sciatica, you know, I just, I just wasn't getting it, and you know, um, but if the any consolation. I was in the audience, and they were saying, "Oh, the audience is much wiser because they're watching everything." Yeah. I hadn't got that either. No, I think you got there in the end. I thought, "Oh yeah, yeah. that was really clever." Yeah. <laughs> but it took me a long time to get yeah, there. Yeah, it took, yeah, minute. it took me just as long as it took the audience. Um, but yeah, so we, you know, we we aren't like super psychic, but I think we don't we don't need to be. Of course, not no two pairs are you know no, no two people are not even identical twins um <laughs> but i think the the important thing is that even when i'm not understanding what susie was wanting me to do and when she's not understanding what i want her to do um we'll still get through it because yes. we've got this kind of complicity yes but i don't know it's hard to, to kind of quantify it but yeah. it works I think. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm sure it does. Yeah. I'll take your word for it. Um, we've done one performance so far as Squid Heart. Oh, right. And yeah. that's at the experimental, experimental comedy night I was cool. telling you about uh, called Freewheelers, which cool. runs... It's like, um, you know, those trains that do, like, request stops? Yeah. Those weird little villages that, yes. you know, they, they won't stop there unless you ask. Yes. Freewheelers is a bit like that now. It's mm. like, it'll run yeah. if you ask it to, oh. but otherwise it won't. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the next one is in December. Right. It's the first Monday of December and um, we're going to hopefully do about half an hour there. Cool. And so... Oh, it's lovely to have that half hour. Yeah, um, we did half an hour in October. It went really well. But yeah. what we're going to do next time is try and bring in more narrative, more more characters and just building it up because it is so hard. People like Heather and Jules, people like Dummy, TJ and Dave, they make it look so easy. Yes. And it is just... 
bafflingly difficult. They have all done it more than once, though. Yes, that is, the that thing, is true. Isn't it? Exactly. And it I takes mean, a lot of being crap on stage to get to that level. I mean, they're all fantastically talented, but they've been doing it for a long time yeah, as well. Yeah, I, yeah. That's one of the things I have to remember. It's like, oh, I'm not as good as them. And one of the things I'm not as talented. But also, I haven't put in the years of practice. Yeah, so, yeah, you know. sure. Exactly. And it's just lovely that there are now in Birmingham places where we can go and fail. Yes. And we can say to our friends, come and watch us doing this thing that we're not good at yet, but it will be really good when we've mastered it. <laughs> you know. And there are spaces like that coming up now. Um, oh, and that is special. new for Birmingham. You oh, know, in yeah. the last, since I've joined the improv scene, it, within the last five years, those kind of things have sprouted up. Not because of anything to do with me, but just, <laughs> you know. That Birmingham is going in a good direction. Also, yeah. because we're getting so many people leaving London now, they're coming to us right. because we're cheaper. <laughs> so, you know, maybe there'll be a Birmingham Improv podcast one day, I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> maybe they will. Yeah. Um, so what's the format of Heart Squid? Squid Heart. Squid Heart, sorry. <laughs> heart Squid. I like it. The, Why not? The, 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 it's no less nonsensical that way around. There's a mirror universe <laughs> yeah. where we're in Bristol and yeah. you're in a group called Heart Squid. It's exactly the same apart from those yeah. two things on location and name of your people group, sorry. Um, what's the format? I don't think we figured that out oh, right. quite yet. I think it's basically we, we are bringing in more narrative. Right. We're bringing characters back. We are setting up worlds yeah, yeah, yeah. of characters in you know inhabited by many characters but just played by the two oh, of us just basically of... we're just doing the same thing tj and dave and <laughs> heather and jules and dummy are doing but just not as good basically <laughs> what I we're doing that's helpful from a copyright <laughs> point of view yeah. uh... um no it's it's evolving it's growing you know we don't know what it is yet we just know that we're two people who like playing together Brilliant. and um and we'll keep doing it till we don't excellent that seems like a very <laughs> yeah. good rule yeah, uh, yeah which what... i wish the simpsons you know the simpsons said that we'll keep yeah. going till it's not fun anymore it's not fun for me anymore are they still making the simpsons i think so yeah. i've stopped i've stopped I've, i'm just covering my ago. eyes and my ears many because yeah. oh episode like series 10 was where it should have all just died but anyway that, that's yeah. That's probably a different podcast. I mean, isn't it? maybe, maybe <laughs> they're listening. Yeah, yeah. Matt Groening, if you're listening, if, if you're listening, just let it go. Everything yeah, passes. Three of an hour in. Yeah. Oh, you know, let it be. Yeah. Um, I've entirely forgot what I was going to ask you. Now we're talking about the Simpsons. Um, you're too prof. That sounds brilliant. Yeah. Uh, well, also, I don't know. I haven't spoken much about being a woman. Um, but <laughs> Tell me about being a woman. Well, it's great. Let me tell you. No. Um, <laughs> just, you know, me and Susie, both women. Huh? And, um, and that's, you know, that's nice. Yes. <laughs> that's all I wanted to say. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, uh, it's interesting that, you know, the scene is growing all the time. But sometimes what we find with Box of Frogs is that there aren't very many women. Right, yes. So sometimes it's a case that women aren't turning up. Yeah. And sometimes it's a case that they do, but then they don't come back. Yeah. And so that's caused quite a lot of soul-searching in Box of Frogs and a lot of discussion. Yeah. Because um, I am really passionate about getting more people into improv Definitely. full stop. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. certainly I'm really interested in, you know, female experiences of improv. Yeah, definitely. Um, because... A lot of, particularly improv, when it's with a lot of inexperienced people, can often bring out things that a lot of women don't like. You know, there's yeah. a lot of, um, there can be a lot of stereotyping. Yes. There can be a lot of, you know, dick, dick jokes all the time, which, you know, that's and women not, are getting not every woman finds that no. hilarious, to be honest. No. Um, and there can be a lot you know there can be sometimes on occasion there can be issues with boundaries yeah. um, that affect women even more so than men yeah. um, so there are you know there are quite a lot of issues potentially um, and there's quite a lot of, it can be quite a swaggery kind of very um, kind of combative atmosphere almost yeah. with some people who are new to improv who think it's all about status and who think it's all about um, you know, not in a Johnstonian you know? sense of yeah, high not status. In a, no, exactly. <laughs> so it's, it's all about status. You know? <laughs> Low status, playing high, and uh, no, um, yeah. So I'm really fascinated in, as to why sometimes we have these problems yeah. with women come but they don't come back, or you know, most of the people in the room on any given week are, are male, and just think 
this this shouldn't be the case. You yes. know, this isn't a male art form. No. This, men aren't any better or worse at improv than women. I mean, in some ways you'd think they'd be worse because they're less used to listening to other people. <laughs> yeah, I said that. I went there. Yeah, well, <laughs> hashtag patriarchy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I did try and set up, actually, a Midlands women's network, which just ever so slightly just didn't quite work oh, no. it almost worked yeah. but it fell on its ass because there were just enough women interested for it to be sort of viable but then no one could agree on a date so it all just kind of oh, no. dissipated um, but I am going to try again I'm going to keep trying yeah. because it's really important to me that yeah. that we do build up these kind of networks um, yeah I mean it's really interesting you know how do we you know get all these voices in so yeah. it's not you know I have to say if I see a, a group and it's all men and I'm like mm. I just think, why? I'm just like, why? Why isn't there a woman here? Yeah, you know, like they're not more than one woman. Yes, yeah, exactly. We are a panel show, not not just a token. (laughs) Not just a token woman. Let's have two token women. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. And let's have one of them with short hair. Woo! Let's have all the types. (laughs) One with long hair, one with short hair. So all women are now represented. Oh yeah, but no, it does it does flag flag up something for me if I if I see all all men on stage. Okay. Less so if I see all women. I still think like mix is probably the best, but yeah. if I see all women, I'm like, oh, fair enough. Okay, yeah. I get that. Yeah. But if I see all men, I'm like, seriously, what's wrong? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, there you go. It is changing. Yeah. It is, and I I just think I don't know. I don't think there's one. I don't think there's one single cause of right. this so I don't think there's one single answer yeah. but um, I just have to trust that the more attention improv gets and the more widespread it gets and the more mainstream it gets then hopefully the more diverse yes. the people coming to it will be yes and you know, I don't know Tina Fey Amy Poehler yeah it's not know. like there's a lack of role models yeah, out there yeah. um, and actually it's collab- collaborative nature is yes. quite I don't know, I'm only speaking for myself, not womankind. <laughs> but like, it's collaborative nature is, I think, quite um, sympathetic to the way a lot of women are socialised, yes. you know, to be collaborative. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Hopefully there's going to be a change. Yes. Um, and, you know, if, if Squidheart do anything, I hope it's just repping, repping the women. Yes. If nothing else. Yes. You know, and us having a nice self-indulgent time. <laughs> it all sounds changing good. the world <laughs> changing the world <laughs> one one half hour two prof one half hour <laughs> experimental <laughs> comedy night that only runs when you ask it to at a time, time. It's, we're gonna get there it's gonna take a while but we are heading at least in the right direction cool uh, we're nearly out of time because you have duties to perform I do in about four minutes I'm going out there into the big brave world outside and I'm stewarding people to come in come in for another night of uh, amazing improv yeah, on this stage on this stage at the Birmingham I'm Improv not Festival leaving. I'm not leaving I'm staying yeah they'll just have to perform around us we're going to totally be part of the show <laughs> so a couple of final questions that I normally ask yeah so um what is your signature move <laughs> on stage? On stage, well, or off, oh, st- off or, stage? Or off stage. Would you like to know? I'm doing it now. Can't you tell? Oh yes, uh, uh, <laughs> I thought that was rather distinctive. <laughs> uh, my signature move on stage. What is it you do that people go? Classic night. <laughs> Save the day again with a killer move. So I am told by my fellow knee jerks that I pull really crazy faces, <laughs> um, which I think is a good thing. I don't know I'm doing it, though. Um, so I'm I don't know if that counts as a move. I'm talking about but, the landlady for a character from last night. Ah, there was yes. definitely a face going on yes, there. Yes, I played a... a a strange landlady in a in a pub, one of the pubs yes. that was uh, one of those old pubs that needed to be redone. Yes, uh, I do. I think for me, I guess physicality. Yeah. I I would like to think of it as a strength, but also more honestly, it's probably something I resort to also on stage. I think it's a strength. Um, but yeah, you can resort to your strengths, yes. right? That's that seems, that's not that a contradiction. That seems sensible. That, yes. that seems like you can resort to anything. <laughs> right, so resort I to your strengths. Resort to weakness. my weakness. You know, that, that's, that's a sign of low self-esteem, isn't it? <laughs> um, but yes, uh, I like physicality. I like pulling pulling faces. I, I've one person when I was in Chicago. I met this really amazing um, improviser. Her name was Sally. She was so brilliant, and um, and she said something to me. She gave me a compliment that I I really 
treasure. And she said, you're not afraid to be ugly on stage. And she did actually say, don't take that the wrong way. <laughs> but I actually really value that compliment. Yeah. Um, because I'm not afraid to be ugly on stage, <laughs> as last night's landlady uh, <laughs> proved, I think. Um, but again, it's, it's tied in with vulnerability. You know, yeah. um, I, I'm re I really push for, you know, putting something of yourself out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, I, you know, stupid faces can be a bit of a mask, but yeah. actually the bravery to be ugly on stage um, isn't just about a stupid face. It's yeah. about, you know, exposing a whole kind of person and persona. Um, so, yeah, I guess that. I guess stupid faces as a symbol of um, bravery to, to expose. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm going to say. Right. <laughs> Wise words. I don't know if we can top that, but the very final question. Mm -hmm. If someone were to be performing with you, mm -hmm. what could they do to delight you on stage? What a brilliant question. What could they do to delight me? I love playing with clowns. Ah. Um, and by clowns, I guess I mean people who just are, they can't help being honest yeah. and they can't help just, reacting like without any guile at yeah. all um so to delight me i just want pure unadulterated splurging <laughs> crazy honesty yeah, yeah, and yeah. i want weird weird physical offers i want bizarre um you know shapes i want you to be up in the roof or like lying you know under the stage or like just doing yeah, yeah, something yeah. bold yeah Bold and honest and weird. Brilliant. Those are those are great things. <laughs> Bold, honest and weird. Yes. Right. That's lovely. Thank you very much. Thank you. What a delight to be on this podcast. That's been amazing. And thank you for coming up to Birmingham, to the provinces. It's, it's, been, a, it's been an absolute joy and I wish I was staying longer. I don't Yay. want to go back. <laughs> don't make me go back. Don't make me go back. Everyone's really unfriendly there. <laughs> cool. Thank you very cool. much. Thank you. I made this. That's improv! <laughs> <laughs>